word to your mother It's time for another episode of Birds with Friends Just a couple of feathery brethren Weathering any season to see The Eagles eating teams like bacon, steaks, and cheese It's Philadelphia, Bowen, Sheila, the cut Kicking it cooler than two penguins Still Bo's old arch nemesis Greg Cosell shows up and it gets real Pull up a branch and chill It's time to get ill with some Birds with Friends The early bird skips the worm And prefers getting turned like a turn on some Birds with Friends Bo Wolf and Shukapati are coming at you with stats and things flapping their wings. Zach Berman. Zach, how are you? Probably how Mike Grove felt when he was going to that first press conference and all the questions <laughs> were about how great a coordinator Frank Reich was. Uh, you know? That is as buttering up as you could possibly get. No, I, I look forward to talking about the Eagles, too. But, uh... <laughs> okay, this is the wrong podcast for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to Birds with Friends on a Monday afternoon. I am... Not going to give you my name, and I'm not going to tell you the name of my co-host, because we haven't earned you knowing our names at this point. So, uh, number three, how are you? <laughs> number three, uh, I am I'm doing well, excited for the pod, enjoyed seeing you in person today uh, for the first time since, since uh, February, since the Combine, correct? Yeah, very nice uh, to see you. And and I I will also say it was it was nice being physically somewhere you know as opposed to we were always physically every... somewhere. All right, fair enough. It was it was it was nice physically leaving the mm. house and and inter and interacting from a social distance with people. Mm. First mistake of the pot. I'm going to need you to run a few laps. So gonna... I I take it this is a Joe Judge joke uh, <laughs> on on the day that the Eagles start training camp. I think it's fair to say that for most uh, right-minded Eagles fans, the best part of today was not the Eagles practicing. It was these dribs and drabs of the insanity going on with the Giants. It's almost it's almost too much. It's almost like Joe Judge is going to be such a disaster that the Giants are going to completely clean house this year. <laughs> I mean, what a disaster that guy is. The concussion uncle of all concussion uncles. He's doing Lansdale Catholic proud right now. <laughs> I would not go that far. Uh, unless, you know, Lansdale Catholic is uh, a concussion on place. I don't know enough about it. Okay. Uh, so we did. We got to see the Eagles practice today. For the first time they put on the pads, we will talk about everything we saw. We can talk a little bit about, like, the experience itself. And, you know, sure. we go we go free form here. We just submitted our uh, practice report. We did a duel. Uh, my first question for you, Zach, is uh, I wanted to follow up on something that happened as we were going to practice for the first time today, uh, you you tested a uh, hot. <laughs> we go in. This is this is the deal. You know, we we each morning the people who are going to go to practice, you fill out a little survey uh, to you know confirm that you haven't been feeling um, any potential symptoms of COVID, and uh, if you pass that, then you get a QR code, and then there's this like very fancy dystopian machine where you put your qr code in and then it just like zaps your head and it tells you your temperature and you had already been tested this morning which was a nice subtle flex that you gave but then you tested hot what happened i think it was just walking with you i was probably nervous Mm. or 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 perhaps it was the uh you know the height differential i i I don't know but uh no they the i well, I was long. actually worried because I, I kept going to get my credential, and then I didn't see you. You must have snuck in behind me because I was actually <laughs> worried that you were, like, not getting into practice. No, no, no. So uh, 
I, I, I literally just a minute later, you know, you're in the shade for a bit, you recheck, and mm. it was a, it was a, a dramatic difference. I, I didn't realize this was going to be material for the podcast. I, I should know. You should know it's always I know potential th- material. Thirteen months in, into the job here, that that everything is material for the podcast and the running diary. That's exactly right. Uh, okay, well, uh, the big news of the day. Zach uh, came on the injury front. Yes, and uh, we we uh, will go um, in ascending order of importance. So you have uh, Duke Riley, who was out today with an illness, and uh, on the unlike the illness COVID front, that could be anything. It doesn't. We we have no idea what that means. There are so many precautions. It could just be he's not feeling well or whatever. Um, but we don't know anything about that. It's uh, probably fair to surmise. I, well, I shouldn't even say fair, but that if if he did contract COVID, he would be on the COVID list. Correct. Is that, so, so my my guess is it's you know it it, it seems kind of unseemly to be speculating. Yeah, one but that, this is yeah. what we're doing now. This is yeah. It. So, but I think you're right. Like if yeah, if you if you had it, you'd be on the list. Exactly. But it could exactly. be you know, and and they get tested every day. So if he had it, he would be on the list. Is my my presumption. Um, Jason Peters, day-to-day. I mean, I think we all expected Jason Peters was not going to be practicing every day during camp. Uh, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, day-to-day with a, a lower body injury. He had a sleeve on his on one of his legs. Uh, Derek Barnett, week-to-week mm-hmm. with an injury. And then the even bigger than that, Javon Hargrave out multiple weeks with an upper body injury, which uh, that basically means, you know, his head could have fallen off as far as you know what those what those things tend to mean yes in the eagles parlance that is not good um <laughs> yeah, multiple weeks like giving that up right away is uh that is disastrous so i i did some uh some quick research on their multiple week designation wow which is which is one that they give out during the training camp so, and last year two people had multiple week injuries Camus gruje hill um, okay. And that that I think that occurred August third. I could be wrong, but it was early August. It was it was, and then he was back early in the season. Was he back week? Yeah, I, yeah. I want to say I want to I want to say week four, but um, and, maybe and, even. And, and then uh, and then but Richard there was a Rogers, gnarly injury. Yeah, and then Richard Rogers, mm. who who they Dick Rod, <laughs> who who they uh, cut and then brought him back. Right. Um, so, and, and look, all we know is this is an upper body injury, so we don't know yet the specifics of it, but multiple weeks is, is, is not good. Now I, I I will say though, that there are four weeks here, a little fewer than that, but, um, you know, within that four week range of, of week one. So this does not necessarily mean he's not going to be ready for week one, but, um, this would be the type of designation that would make you concerned. And of course, Hargrave was the guy who they spent so much money on in the off season, their big free agent signing. And uh, a guy who has, I believe, let me check this quickly. Uh, I think he's never missed a game before, or he's missed only a few. Hmm. Uh, and so this is him and Malik Jackson, two years in a row, they sign a guy who has a, a pristine record of health and then gets injured right away. Hargrave has played uh, 63 of his possible 64 games in his career, he missed one game his rookie season. Um, but, you know, the good news is the Eagles at least do have 
another starting caliber defensive tackle in Malik Jackson. And uh, it's not like Malik Jackson and Fletcher Cox got to play much together last year. So those guys uh, get to practice together. And then the Barnett one, I don't, you know, it sounds like he, he should be ready for the regular season if it's, if you take uh, week to week at face value, but this is a guy who, uh, you know, everybody's talking about how this is his chance to come in and be healthy for once. And all of a sudden he gets hurt again. So, uh, also not great for the state of the defensive line. Yeah, I agree with you there. And, and Barnett's someone who he needs a healthy season. He, he, you you can't keep talking about potential breakout. I, I think this is a make-or-break year for Barnett because they I, – I don't believe – I don't think be it's playing. a break year. You don't think he'll be on the team next year if – you don't think well, at that well, option? Well, so I don't think he'll, he'll be playing under his fifth-year option. Oh, I yeah. so so my point is that either they sign into a contract extension or they move on. In my in I could be wrong on that, but just from the financial perspective, when you look at the fifth year options, what ten million dollars? Yeah, so, I would think I would. I I mean, my assumption is he's getting signed to an an extension of some sort at the end of this season. The question is whether it's going to be, you know. Uh, a, a spicy one for him because he has a good year or if it's going to have to be team friendly because he doesn't yes. have a good year. Yes. Um, I made the case in the, in the piece today, uh, you know, the exhaustive 8,000, 7,000 word thing on, uh, on the defense player by player. I made the case that I think, I think Derek Barnett um, is the one player on the defense who can raise the defense's ceiling the most. That's interesting. I think he has the upside to do it the most. I don't think he's the one player, but I, I do think that's well said. Like if if he takes the jump, if he it takes the jump, the, I think that changes the defense more than anyone else uh, because everybody else is already like you're expecting them to play at a high level. Like if Darius Slay is really good, he's supposed to be really good. Same for sure. for Fletcher Cox and you know and Brandon Graham and those guys. I guess maybe you could you, know, you could make a case for like a Hargrave if a Hargrave is like a uh, just uh you know the second coming of Fletcher Cox or something like that that would be uh that would be good or if like if Jalen Mills more, is yeah uh, I, you know, I was thinking more like like Jalen Mills or Will Parks if, but if if Derek Barnett is like can turn into a you know a twelve sack kind of guy I think that changes the defense more than anything else I would agree with you there um, and then the flip side to that if we, if we want to just continue this discussion uh, I thought the guy who could lower the floor the most was Avante Maddox. And we can talk about uh, what we saw from the secondary today. But uh, we saw a lot of switching sides between Avante Maddox and Darius Slay. Uh, Slay actually spent, I think, the majority of practice on the, on the left side, but he was uh, pseudo-following guys. And uh, they were rotating at almost every spot in the backfield, the defensive backfield, except for Maddox. Like this, The idea that it's a competition, which we doubted, um, I think we were right to doubt. I think it is Maddox's job. And uh, if he is you know, not up to that task, then uh, sort of the like the idea of having Darius Slay is not as effective as you might think if opposing offenses can just throw the ball at Avante Maddox. That's a good point. And, and certainly the way they were using Slay today uh, is consistent with the way they've been describing it. And so they, they need Maddox to be good on, on the other side. Uh, to that point, it was interesting to see Jones and Douglas both as, as gunners uh, because if you remember when Sidney Jones was inactive last year, it was because they had no role for him on special teams. So uh, clearly they're preparing him for a reserve role this this season, 
which speaks to your point about that there not being a competition. I feel like that's a if if you if I had started the show with a note about who the gunners were, you would have got on me with I can't believe this is what's leading the episode. <laughs> well, we were leading the episode with Joe Judge, so no, that's true. I know that's right. Uh, okay, well, let's. Uh, how do you want to make our way through this? You want to talk about what your big takeaways were? Should we? So, should we do the takeaways or should we set the scene first? Which yeah, let's which set one the scene. We do? Will you set okay. the scene. Uh Paint us a paint us a picture with your with your <laughs> words, wordsmith. Yeah. So look, it it was very. Uh, I mean, there are, are protocols one needs to go through, or procedures one needs to go through, to reach the field in the in the first place. You mentioned how many the, times have you been tested now? I have been tested three times. Three times, because now for our listeners who don't know, you are uh, you are in tier two. The rest of us lowly media folk us peons are in uh tier three no please do not phrase it that way there is no difference (laughs) in the in the designation uh uh day to day listen Uh, you are a sneech with stars on your belly and we are sneeches without it's it's literally this is the exact thing i was trying to avoid with this that is i i I take umbrage to that literally there is no difference when we watch practice well the me the 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 actual difference is if the if there is rain and they practice inside you are one of the only two reporters who can go inside and watch practice yeah and so thankfully i've i've been looking at this weather every day to make in hopes that that does not occur and it does not appear that's going to occur so knock on wood that uh the string of good weather continues. But what a nice so so you get tested. What do you, what do you get tested every other day or every day? I believe every day. Every um, day you get tested every day. The rest of us don't get tested at all. We just get the we just get the temperature check at the door. So well, I mean, what a nice little peace of mind you get to get tested every day. One would, yeah. I mean, it's I I suppose you can say that it's. Don't you it, think? I think that's nice. Yeah, you get to come home yes. knowing you're free and clear. Sure. Sure. For the for the sake of our, our listeners to continue the conversation, I will agree with you and instead of arguing with you. But yes, uh, no. So you so you need to get your temperature checked before you go on. Then you need to wear a surgical mask. And yeah, I, this was I, interesting because we all go wearing masks, obviously. Right. And you're not allowed uh, to wear the mask you bring. No, you can't no, dance no. So, with the girl who brought you. Yeah. So it's a standardized surgical mask so 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 everybody is in the same mask and that extends by the way to the coaches the coaches mm. appeared to all be in the surgical masks as well uh and not now now not like we're not talking like an n95 we're talking like you know the, that that uh you know like sort of papery blue one that you see all over the place yes i believe they're called surgical masks though correct i think that's right yeah, yeah. Um, just, you know want to want to get a get it right get yes. the picture and and so it's a lot different than a typical training camp practice. I would in say that that's right. There's there's nobody else on the field except staff members. No fans. No Ritas. No uh, you know posters of Eagles or no uh, audio of Merrill Reese. Yeah, security yeah, no telling you you're you're too close to the field. Exactly. Uh, so it's so it's 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 different. There are are red dots on the field where we watch, or or they're bigger than dots. Um, red circles. They're dots. Dots. <laughs> uh, and they're 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 there for us to be socially distant or physically distant, I should say. Did you feel like that was adopted universally enough by the media core? 
I would like us to. to I noticed. To I noticed some pockets of people getting a little yeah. too close. I thought. Yes. Yeah. So I, I tried to make sure that I was I was in compliance. Yeah. So did I. Um, I like and, to stay away from people for the most part during practice. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's true. It, it it allows you to focus. Cuts in on the on the small talk conversation that that can sometimes come up. Uh, so so that's a good thing. Now there are now. I guess the only downside, if you will, is the vantage point you might have on, on some plays. But sure, not We've had that in, in the past as well. But, for instance, what I think we can agree was the best play of the day, Dallas Goddard's touchdown in the back of the end zone. Uh, you really didn't have a great view of that. Although, in a typical year, based on, on where they were on the field, you wouldn't have a great view of that either. Right. Uh, fortunately, the Eagles had video of that that, that, that we got to see. Uh, but yeah, yeah it's that a classic. It's a classic. Was that Goddard or Ertz? Anybody know? Was that Goddard or Ertz? <laughs> yes. Um, the this scene though, I, I I don't think our listeners care about us as much. More the players and the coaches. I hope not. A- and the coaches were all all wearing masks. Yes. Every non every non player on the field was was masked up. Yes. Uh, and there, yeah. The, I thought I thought, and again, I have no basis of comparison. I'm, I'm not at. 32 facilities here, but I, I thought the Eagles did a good job, and, I, and and they were certainly complying with with what was in the rules by the league. Uh, you know, we walked by the weight room, which which they're they're outdoors, they're in smaller groups when they do so. Uh, so the it's, well, they have it's, both. They still have the indoor weight room, right? Yes, but I. But yeah, this this way, there more people can be working out at once because you can only have so many people inside at one at one time. It, Exactly. Uh, we passed the area where they eat outside. Yeah, these funny little like individual tables and chairs, which are kind of kind of kind of funny looking. Uh, but it, I, I will ask you: Does does anything you experience today or witness today give you more confidence that that this is going to happen this year? Well, I'm glad you asked that, Zach, because uh, I I have changed, I have moved a little bit on this. Okay. Um, I have, it's not so much what we saw today, but I think I was, uh, pleasantly surprised that, you know, nothing came, uh, after the Doug Peterson positive test. There were no, great point. there were no other positive tests. Um, and across the league, when people have tested positive, there have not been those ripple effects. So it seems like the protocols they have to... Uh, to minimize spread, even if somebody does get it, have been working, uh, and certainly better than they were with baseball. Um, and beyond that, you know, if if I so I, I would I I think I should probably uh, give the NFL credit for that, as I have been you know killing them for most of the off season. Uh, the flip side to that is, as someone who has been killing the, the NFL, I probably did not give quite enough credence to you know they really don't care about the uh, safety of their players like we know this so they're going to push forward for the money no, no matter what um but that said it seems to me like they are they are doing as good of a job as they can be doing so the question of whether they should be playing right now is different and i don't want to be like a uh you know like a chuck todd who's doing like Oh well, you know the guy is uh, shutting down the postal service. The real question is not how this affects people. It's the real question is how is how is this going to play in diners in the Rust Belt? Uh, like <laughs> I, I don't want to be just 
doing the horse race here. Like, I, I don't think that they should be uh, playing right now. But uh, I think they are going to start. I, I still probably expect that there will be some uh, fits and starts throughout the season. Uh, like, I don't think that all 16 teams are going to – or all 32 teams are going to play their, their 16 games exactly as scheduled necessarily. But uh, I do think they are going to start on time, and I think they are they are going to finish the season. Yeah, so as, as – By hook as or someone, by crook. Yeah, we'll see. I, I mean, we'll see. Again, I, I – as I've said all along, I, I don't know, but as, as someone who who makes a living writing about and talking about – professional football and i imagine for our, our listeners who are 20 minutes into this podcast by now um it's it's good to see that this is happening f- from a selfish perspective at least well and i and i really do like you know i think it matters that uh you know the peterson thing and and everybody else and, and other people have tested positive they these have not uh, blown up into super spreader or not super spreader but just you know real spreading situations so um it seems to me like what they're doing is working right now. Uh, I don't, you know, again, I question whether you're going to, you're going to get the, well, I know that you're not going to get the universal uh, adoption of just how strict everybody needs to be. There are going to be people who, who don't follow the rules, but um, if, if they are, I don't know if this is an indication that, that things can be sort of uh, snuffed out when there are outliers like that. I think that's probably good news for them. Yeah, that's a valid point. That's 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 a valid point, and and I would just say the key for this to happen to be successful is is what you've seen so far in terms of, of testing and tracing. And if if they mm-hmm. can continue with that uh, as as you're seeing it during training camp, then that's that's the best way for this to work. Yeah, and I mean they're just, they're they're they are just pouring money into it. Um, and mm-hmm. again, we can like you know is it is it the best thing that. Uh, they're getting all the tests, um, but you know they're running a business. That's their that's their prerogative, and uh, they're not they're not pouring this money into it to not get the season going and to not get that TV money. So um, they're gonna they're gonna find a way to make it happen. I think. So when you watch them on TV, you will see a team led by uh, by Carson Wentz. What'd you think? Uh, I thought Wentz looked good. Now, you know, contextually. He's going up against the second and third team defense, so he better look good. Uh, but I thought he looked pretty sharp. Um, I didn't, you know, it didn't change my impression of him at all. I, I would expect him to look pretty good. He had th- he had one pass that probably should have been picked off by Alex Singleton, uh, and that mm-hmm. was intended for Dallas Goddard. But uh, more than that, uh, I think it was interesting what we saw with the receivers. Now, Deshaun didn't play a ton today. Mm-hmm. Alshon Jeffries obviously out. But uh, the starting wideouts were Deshaun, Jalen Rager, and Greg Ward. And again, no Ortega Whiteside today. But also, uh, you know, Quez Watkins worked in with the ones, and he seemed to be ahead of John Hightower on the depth chart, which I thought well, was Well, it seemed to me, and I, I didn't write this in our observations because it would be more kind of speculation. I, I don't know this, but based on the way they were both playing, it seemed to me that Watkins was was the, uh, the Z receiver. So plays in, in Deshaun's spot, and then Hightower was in the X spot. Yeah, but they were rotating guys through uh, in different ways. And okay. It, se- it seemed to me like like Quez is a little bit ahead right now. Um, and they connect- he connected- That's your guy. Wentz, Wentz connected with him several times. Um, but 
I mean, let's let's talk about Rager because uh, you know you don't want to you don't want to judge too much from one practice, mm-hmm. but um, you know to me he looks like the best athlete the Eagles have had at that position um, since at least week one of last year. <laughs> so a reference to Deshaun. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, he looks good. I think he didn't do anything spectacular today, but I just think I just think the way he moves, like you can tell that this is not. Um, Mac Hollins out there. Yeah, no, that's that's true. The 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 reason you you hear hesitation in my voice is because Nelson Aguilar moved well. You know, Nelson. You know what? Aguilar I was went. not super impressed with. I, I did not remember being impressed with Nelson his his rookie season. But go ahead. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I I think that that Nelson had a lot of you know the kind of that. That's a good, that, but that's that, a good that reason to hesitate. I like that ability in space. But I did the thing that I was impressed with Rager is that he was he was functioning in the Eagles' offense, uh, and you saw him like he wasn't just an athlete that they put on the field. Like he was a, a wide receiver, uh, and and you know he he made two nice catches on slants. I, I mean, they didn't have to scheme ways to get him the ball. They put him in the offense, and he was making plays. Well, I think, but they also were, like, you know, there was a, not a screen, but like but like a quick pass to him at the line of scrimmage. Like, mm-hmm. I think the bigger takeaway is not that Jalen Rager looked good, but that there is, in my estimation, there's no, um, you know, like, slowly putting him into the offense he is going to the eagles are going to make him a part of the offense right away uh you know all systems go i think yes well said and 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 that was my big takeaway too especially seeing deshaun and rager on the on the field together if, if you recall back uh the beginning of training camp when doug peterson said they're starting off rager behind deshaun um no i mean that the the best offense for the eagles is Deshaun on one side, Rager on the other, and then Ertz and Goddard in the middle of the field. And if you can get Deshaun Maybe. and Rager on the field together, what's that? Maybe. You disagree with that? Well, I just we we can have a, a different discussion about you know okay. uh, like the diminishing the, re- the diminishing returns of twelve personnel. Like okay, fair enough. But, to, I, but yeah. I just mean in terms of max. In, in terms, terms of, of getting your attack. eleven best players on yes. the field, yes. Yes, well said. Okay, that's that's a better way of putting it. So the the that I would rather have from a talent perspective. Dallas Goddard on the field and Greg Ward on the field. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, but but the only way you can get Rager on the field with Deshaun is if they play different spots, obviously. And so seeing them play different spots, I think, is a positive for what you'll see from the Eagles this season. I think that's probably probably well said. Fair to say. Um, anything else on offense that you thought was notable? Uh, one thing that we should talk about at least is. Uh, Andre Dillard had been day to day last week, and mm-hmm. so the word from the team is, and so he was sort of rotating a little bit with Jordan Mailata at left tackle today, and uh, the word is that uh, the reason for that is because he's being um, worked back in slowly. Now, to be fair, like Mailata was is is was like on the COVID list last week, so it's not like he's uh, been getting all these reps anyway. It's true. Um, I don't know. Like, if I was a conspiracy theorist, Zach. The fact that uh, Dillard was rotating snaps today with Mylotta, that Peters did not practice today, and in addition to Peters not practicing today, Pryor was starting at right guard. Nate Herbig was not the second team center; he was the second team right guard, and Jack Driscoll was taking right guard snaps 
uh, off to the side, not during team drills. It's like they are like they are at least preparing for the possibility and covering their bases for the possibility that maybe Jason Peters is a left tackle. Yeah, I mean, that's a conspiracy theorist um, <laughs> side of it. Uh, I'm not uh, look, I'm not going to rule it out because I don't think that's discussed- what's going on. But they and and to be fair, they should be like they should be preparing for that possibility. Yeah. Like, as, as, as we've discussed often, Jason Peters has a Hall of Fame career at left tackle. Um, it's going to take, you know, like, like, like you really need to to have a, a certain amount of confidence in Andre Dillard to say, we're not going to play our Hall of Famer at left tackle. We're going to play him at right guard. Uh, so, I mean, I don't think that's enough confidence. I don't think Andre Dillard did enough last year to earn that confidence. The fact that he's a first-round pick is the reason why you were doing this. And the the upside that he has in in theory at least uh but no you all i i i do think they're they're going forward with peters at right guard i think so too but but no you're absolutely right in in that as long as peters is in the building you can't rule out the fact the option they 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 always have the option exactly um exactly wouldn't it be Uh, wouldn't it be funny if uh the whole the whole thing turned out to just be uh, Jordan Mailata is like hitting his upside, and he's just better than Andre <laughs> Dillard. Like because theoretically, yeah. like his upside is probably higher, right? I, I mean, maybe he's two years younger. Yeah, his his downside's a lot lower. Oh, though, yeah, his downside yeah. is way lower. Yes, I mean the spectrum. Although I don't know. Yeah. I mean the downside of Andre Dillard at right tackle against the Seahawks was pretty yeah, low. Yeah, right tackle. Yes, yeah. yes. But like Andre, I mean for. I, I always hate saying this because my lot is a great story and it's always fun talking to him, but he's literally never played in an NFL game before. Yeah, he's know. never played in a football game. He's never played in a that, regular season game. That, that counts in his entire life. Yeah. Uh, so, oh, yeah. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's, it would it's, be insane. I mean, there's this uh, this Steve Nebraska element to him. But that would be that good, like, um, uh, like diversification of their bets, though. Like you know, you you, you put sure. a first round pick on, and you also put a seventh round long shot on, and it just turns out the seventh round long shot <laughs> sure. hits instead of the first rounder. Sure, sure, that's all right. Um, anything else from the uh, from the offense that you thought was notable? At least uh, the starting was, so, offense. So yeah, so you know, in our observations, uh, I I didn't want to exhaust every storyline day one. I know it's um, tough. I yeah, I didn't want to exhaust like every depth chart note. Exactly. Precisely, but uh, you also want to get the get the good stuff out there. So we'll get more into Miles Sanders as as the next two weeks go on. But I I, yeah, he and Boston Scott were both uh, both using the slot today. Exactly, exactly. Um, And I thought I thought that's something that that can be highlighted in a future practice as opposed to kind of buried in this one. And Uh, I thought it was interesting after practice. Carson Wentz said that he thinks the uh, Miles Sanders' ability to be a receiver out of the backfield means he, he thinks that the Eagles are going to see more zone defense this year than they did last year as, as teams uh, appropriately respect Sanders as a receiver. Very good point. Because it happened a lot last year where they would, you know, it would, Sanders would be manned up on somebody and he'd get those, he'd get those long catches. So I thought the, uh, the receivers uh, were the big story today in, in terms of them moving around the, uh, we mentioned Dallas Goddard's catch. I didn't think the tight ends overall jumped out. I thought it was interesting. Now, now this is kind of a, a nitty-gritty note, if you will, but Nate Herbig was playing guard, and and Luke, uh, is it Jeriga? Jeriga. Jeriga. Yeah. 
was at center, and and I, I think that helps his his chances to make the roster. Well, I think so. You know, obviously, I've thought about this because this is my favorite thing to think about. Um, you know, Stoutland likes to do the thing where a guy once a guy, um, you know, he doesn't want to cross train a guy until he's mastered a position, and mm-hmm. the Eagles know that Herbig can play center at least in their mind. So it makes sense that they want to first of all see Herbig at red guard, and like I said, you know, in case the option comes up that they want to move Peters to left tackle or, you know, even likelier Peters gets hurt and they need to play a right guard. Uh, Pryor is the, the leader in that clubhouse, but we were expecting if it was a normal off season and this happened, Brooks got hurt, you know, you'd have Pryor competing against Driscoll and Herbig. So uh, Herbig belongs in that conversation. And also if Herbig is going to be the, uh, the primary interior offensive line backup, he needs to be able to play right guard, right? Uh, and well and meanwhile, Juriga, because he's a rookie, is not going to be cross-training as much. He's a center. He's got those teeny tiny arms, so he's probably not uh, <laughs> quite as well-suited to play guard, even though he did it in college. Um, so it sort of makes sense. And the Eagles were – I mean, the Eagles, they were also a little bit shorthanded on the offensive line anyway, so Juriga's also the third-team center. Um, okay. But, you sure. know, Juriga's a – they gave him the highest um, – guarantee of any undrafted guy they had this year i think they like him i think he's probably a guy that they want to they want to hold on to probably on the practice squad is my guess yes well said uh and and then i wish to talk about the backup quarterbacks because I, yeah. I do think that is relevant um when we spoke to doug peterson before practice he was really setting the stage for us to see not a lot of jalen hurts right he he said they're gonna uh, give Wentz and Sudfeld the 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 bulk of the snaps, and I, I thought Hertz was on the field quite a bit today. Can, can I give you a hot take? Yes. Uh, the pass that Jalen Hurts threw to John Hightower down the sideline uh, for mm-hmm. a deep completion, Hightower beat Rasul Douglas. I like Nate Sudfeld. That pass was a better pass than I've ever seen Nate Sudfeld throw. I don't know if that's a hot take, but that's a good take. Uh, he also made a nice deep throw. Um, intended for Adrian Killens, and Killens was wrong-shouldered, it looked like. Yes, um, that was the, the last play of practice. Last play of practice, LeBlanc yes. was in coverage. I thought that was a good throw, too. Jalen Hurts throws a, a pretty deep ball. I was and, impressed. I mean, he didn't do much today. He didn't get he didn't get to throw that He didn't get to throw that many passes. He was on the field a lot, as you said. Um, but, like, every time – now, part of this is important context because usually when we see Nate Sudfeld – He's going up against the first team offense and his, you know, their their crush uh, first team defense rather, and that defensive line is crushing the second team offensive line. So he's in this position where he's like looking like he's about to get sacked half the time. We see him trying to throw the ball, but I think it's going to be sooner than later that Jalen Hurts is the backup quarterback. It's interesting. Um, no, it's 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 certainly something to watch. I'm curious what you thought. He tucked. The, or or he rolled out a lot. He was on the run a lot. Do you think that was by design, or do you think that was more impulse? Good question. I, I don't have a I don't have a good answer for that because I was I was focusing a little more on the defense. Sure. To, to, to give our, our listeners background, Bo and I, uh, because it was the first day, we we both were doing the observations. We're going to split it up going forward. Um, so there's probably in the, and so going forward, you'll see a little more consistency probably in in all the observations. But uh, I was watching the offense, and Bo was watching the defense. Uh, I think that about that about covers the offense, don't you think? 
Yes, and, 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 and again, we have two weeks of this, so we're going to yeah, get we got, we got, get we got Dilly Pods coming up, baby. This is we got a long way to go. Uh, but, before uh, we get to the defense, why don't you uh, why don't you tell us about one of our one of our sponsors? Yeah, great minds think alike. I, I was about to mm, uh, to work a, a transition in there, in that if if you know there's there's two weeks of camp, but there's there's four weeks until the season begins, so there's uh, a lot you might want to to bet on here. Sure, the regular season is fun and all, but but only one thing can compare to the excitement of basketball's playoffs, and that is having skin in the game with DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Basketball has made its way through the regular season. Now it's time to crown a champion, and DraftKings Sportsbook is putting you in the center of the action. To celebrate basketball's first round of the playoffs, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving you an amazing free bet offer for every day that you bet at least $20 on basketball, DraftKings Sportsbook will give you a $10 free bet. Head to the app right now and check out all that they have to offer, including player props, quarter-by-quarter betting, and so much more. Plus, don't forget about hockey's playoffs. DraftKings Sportsbook is offering great odds and promotions all week long to help you make it rain. DraftKings Sportsbook is a safe, secure, and reliable betting app. You can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code TOSS, that's T-O-S-S, when you sign up. For a limited time, all users can get a $10 free bet when placing a bet of $20 or more on all first-round playoff action. That's right, DraftKings Sportsbook is going all out by offering a $10 free bet when placing a bet of $20, or I should say $20 plus, on all first-round playoff action. Again, that's promo code TOSS, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. You must be 21 or older, Pennsylvania only, in partnership with Meadows Racetrack and Casino. Other terms and conditions and restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. When you got skin in the game, you stay in the game. My transition was not very good. I was giving the football transition, and then I started reading the promo, and I, I should have I mentioned the fact that uh, you have all these NBA playoff games on. It's 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 great each day if if you're looking for uh, to have skin. Sixers in the game. and Flyers. I enjoyed that Flyers game last night. Yeah, one nothing. A big. He stood on his head, as they mm. like to say. And I I'll, I'll give a shout out to our our colleagues at the Athletic Philadelphia. We have both teams covered extensively uh, and very well. So what if if you want to read Charlie O'Connor's. Hockey recaps or uh, Derek Bodner and, and Rich Hoffman on the Sixers. Uh, make sure you check that out. Please do. I would imagine that uh, our listeners are checking those guys out. Uh, you know, Zach, is your student loan payment too high? Is water wet? Do concussion uncles love the Oklahoma drill? Well, refinancing with Ernest could help you lower your monthly payments. If you've been making the same monthly payment on your student loans for the last couple years, odds are you could reduce your payment and save by refinancing with Earnest. Even if you've refinanced before with today's low-rate environment, most people could save by refinancing again. Re-refinancing, as I call it. Checking your new rate is fast and easy. To start, complete a few questions online. It only takes two minutes. Then you'll get a personalized rate estimate without affecting your credit score. Want to change your monthly payment? Combine many loans into one easy payment or get a better rate? Earnest makes it easy. Plus, there's no origination fee or any other fees. Plus, another plus, 
The internet loves Ernest's customer service. They're rated 9.4 out of 10 on Trustpilot. That's about what I rate uh, what I rate you, Zach. I give you a 9.7 on Trustpilot. Thank you. And now you can get a $100 cash bonus when you refinance a student loan with Ernest.com slash birds. Once again, you get a $100 cash bonus when you refi your student loan at Ernest.com slash birds. That's E-A-R-N-E-S-T. Obviously, we love a company with Nest in the name. Visit Ernest.com slash birds for more details. Terms and conditions apply. Ernest student loan refinance loans are made by Ernest Operations, LLC, NMLS, number 1204917, California Financing Law License, number 6054788303, Second Street Suite, 401N, San Francisco, California, 94107. Visit Ernest.com slash licenses for a full list of licensed state. Zach, who's your favorite Ernest? I would say Hemingway or Biner. Mm, interesting. Who's I would go um, The Importance of Being or Ernest the Cat. Uh, what's his name? Miller. Ernest the Cat Miller. That's another good one. There you go. Ernest Borgnine. I think that's a good way to describe someone. He's 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 very earnest. I think you're that's very it. earnest. <laughs> Thank you, Bo. I think I'm not that. very earnest. Uh, okay, let's talk a little bit about the defense. So, um, defensive line a little bit uh, affected by injury today. They were rotating guys all over the place. Uh, Jannard Avery, Vinnie Curry, and Josh Sweat all got reps at that right tackle position. Malik Jackson next to Fletcher Cox, and obviously you've got Brandon Graham. I think the uh, the big takeaways for me today was, uh, number one, I think we're right, or, or at least uh, as I wrote today, the expectation that the Eagles are going to be playing a lot of dime. I think that is, uh, that is accurate. We saw a lot of Will Parks as the third safety in a dime defense today. And uh, we saw Nickel, Nickel Roby Coleman got the, the first – uh, shot as the as the nickel next to Slay and Avante Maddox, but Craven LeBlanc worked in too. Uh, so I, I think a lot of dime. And then the other thing is like the linebackers, you know, it's going to be interesting. Uh, it's probably going to be Nate Gary and TJ Edwards as the nickel linebackers. You're right. Yeah. Now, I thought you asked TJ Edwards a good question when we spoke to him after practice when you said he was on the field mostly in, in run situations last year. I think he's he's going to have to show how he plays in space. But I, I, I tend to think what you, what you said. I, I think Will Parks is, is going to be on the field a lot this year. And that Will Parks, whether you look at it almost like whether he's the third linebacker or the second linebacker, um, he he might have more snaps than any linebacker other than, than, than Nate Gary. Is, is that a stretch to say? I think I agree with that. Uh, so I, I think the way they use their safeties is going to be a big story this year. Uh, they, they played dime. They were like a top 10 percentage of dime last year, but it was like 22%, I want to say. Uh, but there are teams like, you know, the Ravens were playing it like 45% of the time. Um, I think we're going to see the Eagles up, up around 30, 35, uh, I think, percent of dime. Um, and I think it's also fair to say, and correct me if you think I'm, I'm wrong here, that there's not really a competition for that second safety spot, that that's going to be Jalen Mills. I think that's right. But that the third safety 
is almost like a de facto starter. I think, or certainly a major contributor. Right. I think that's right. I mean, Corey Graham in 2017 played a ton of snaps, right? Yes. And in, in, the, the, in the Super Bowl. In the, right. in the Super Bowl and in the championship game, yeah. Now, the game against Atlanta, that was not the case. They were they had more they, – they, they used three linebackers more often against Atlanta. If I, if I find myself feeling wistful about that season, can you recommend something for me to read? <laughs> Underdogs, the Philadelphia Eagles emotional road to the Super Bowl victory, uh, which is – Available wherever you buy your books. And would I be able to get a, a copy of that book signed if I were so inclined? Yes. Yes, you may. Uh, I, th- I thought you were about to ask a Nigel Bradham thing here. Cause oh, yeah. I, Nigel, I, I saw, have... t- took a little shot today. <laughs> yeah. Um, what, did he, which, what did he say? Why don't you tell us? Here, let me pull it up. Our, our, our colleague, uh, Kat Terrell, who covers uh, uh, Catherine Terrell. Uh, but it, it's, it's Kat Terrell on Twitter. Um, who uh, covers the Saints? Has she she quoted Nigel saying it's definitely a in in and if you haven't been following, Nigel is in New Orleans now. Quote: It's definitely a different type of environment. The last two organizations I went to, it wasn't really a winning organization. So when you come to a place that's known for winning, known for being in the postseason, you see the different type of culture they have. The Saints, yeah. So that's that's what. Uh, he said, "Now, what an odd thing to say." Now, Cat, um, I did say in the official transcript the Saints put out, they put in, in in parentheses they weren't really winning organizations when I first arrived at them, and so perhaps uh, that's what Nigel uh, that's what was alluding meant. to. Okay, that when he signed with the Eagles in 2016, they were coming off a seven and nine season. They hadn't been to the playoffs in three of the previous four years. Uh, so actually, it was it was more than that. Uh, four of the previous five years, um, between 2010 and, and 2017, 2013 was the only year that that they were in it. Yeah, um, I mean, so, to be fair, it's possible that Nigel Bradham doesn't even remember his time with the Eagles. <laughs> well, I think Nigel remembers it, but well, maybe you I know, think who Nigel, knows? I mean, I, I've been in and, and you've been in conversations with Nigel where he'll say something and and. Yeah. and you kind of squint and say, "Are you, are you sure you're you mean that?" Um, but I I will also say, uh, one of the most fun guys to cover during the past three years. Oh sure, years. I love I love a Nigel Bradham. Everybody knows yes. that. Yes, yes. Uh, so maybe he was just going ham on mm, on the interview. Very nice. Uh, speaking of linebackers, my favorite uh, depth chart piece of information from today: Sean Bradley. The six-round pick ahead of Davion Taylor on the depth chart. As it should be. As it should be, you think? <laughs> well, I don't know well, about actually, that. <laughs> then why do you use a third-round pick on the guy? Now, like, True. yeah, you understand side. that in, in making Davion Taylor a third-round pick, he was probably going to be a long-term project. The guy is very raw. You're betting on the physical tools. It's, you know, it's not like Sean Bradley is, like, uh, supposedly ready to go. He wouldn't be a six-round pick otherwise. But... Uh, and I think it's also probably fair to say that this specific offseason and the lack of all the time spent with, with coaches uh, probably uh, you know affected Taylor as much as anybody else. And he was on, like, the first-team punt team. Uh, but I think, I think they are, like, throwing him into the defense, like, barely at all. I think they are like, this guy's going to be a special teamer for us in year one. Hopefully next season we can get him in on defense. It's, it is not a good sign when your third-round pick is already behind the sixth-round pick. 
Well, they were going based on 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 traits. So I do think that was a long term play. And again, it's it's one day of practice. But I I also think, and I'm confident you would agree with me based on on conversations we've we've had that if 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 you if if the Eagles said which kind of late round pick, which uh, fifth sixth round pick they were kind of most excited about as an under the radar contributor, I think Bradley would would yeah they would be the Bradley. player they said. Um, and I mean, he was a three-year starter at Temple. Uh, now that's, that's not like being a three-year starter at LSU. Um, but three-year starter at, at, at Temple who, who has experience, has, has toughness, uh, had, has testing speed. And so he is the guy. Now the Eagles have a history of kind of these late round linebackers. Um, Brian Roll. Stepping, yeah. Brian Roll, Jamar Chaney. Um, and, and sometimes though, what they are when they come in is, is what they are when they leave. You know, mm-hmm. I think in, in Taylor's case, uh, they probably saw more upside or at least some people in the building saw upside with him. And, and that's perhaps a rationalization, but I, I would guess if, if you spoke to them the day after the draft and you said, which one has a better chance of playing defense for you week one, Bradley or Taylor, they would have said Bradley. That's insane. That's a bad pick then. Perhaps I'm wrong then. I'm I mean I, things have changed and so I like you know things are different now than they were on draft night but if that was their expectation that's a bad pick. <laughs> I mean and I I might be Then so then so then there I mean and we talked about this on draft night but the there you're actively choosing to have only one pick in the first 3 rounds so you're expecting to play as a rookie. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I that is more problematic. Yes, yeah. yes. It's not good. Uh, Dynamite uh, producing by Marissa dropping into our uh, Slack message a report from Shields' favorite. I you know, hesitate to even name him, but uh, we give credit on this podcast. Tim McManus reporting that uh, the injury to Javon Hargrave is a pec strain. The injury does not require surgery, and the team is focused on getting him ready for the regular season. You predicted pec strain, Zach. When we talked, Did I? Uh, I think you said you, you predicted Peck. Yes, yes. I, unless I, you unless you were trying to nest or migrate. No, no, no. I, I predicted Peck, but I I did not associate a uh, particular ailment with it. Do you see the was... Peck is the is the official body part of Birds with Friends? <laughs> or would it be the beak? Uh, I'll, I'll defer to you on that one. Okay, I'll I'll think it over. And uh, obviously, listeners, if you have a suggestion for what should be the official body part of Birds with Friends, hit us up with uh, hashtag birdbody. There you go. Uh, all right. So you know you're you're happy to have Davion Taylor not play as a rookie. That's good. Well, I'm, I'm not happy. I'm, I just think that that Sean Bradley was. He's the... a tall drink of water now. I think Sean Bradley was was the late round pick to watch. I I, I wrote that. As a matter of fact, um, it was on the Athletic today when I was talking about fifty things that I was looking forward in, to in, in, in training camp. And for full disclosure, like forty four of them or so appeared uh, a month ago. Or, or listen, you got to churn that ago. content, baby. No no apologies. <laughs> no, but but there one was- thing that I don't recommend in terms of just a uh, you know efficiency of time spent endeavor is uh, spending like two weeks on 1500 words uh on only two articles 
then go through the roster. Maybe split those bad boys up if you you really want to juice ju- those numbers. Well, well, first off, definitely read them. They're entertaining to read. I have not finished the defense one yet. I, I've, I've read part of it. Um, I'm really looking forward to Well, I'm sure script. Shields read it. I'm really looking forward to the script uh, that I, I've heard good things about, the LeBlanc wine script. Hmm. Strap, um, strap venues. Yes. The, uh, no, but so in the 50 things I, I was saying to look out for, um, and the late edition was uh, the, the, the Sean Bradley write-up because I took out Jatavius Brown, and mm. I, was, I was saying Bradley is the linebacker to watch, I, I believe I, I, I wrote, in terms of getting playing time. Uh, because I, I think of where he is developmentally, uh, he has a better chance of, of, of contributing without excessive practice time. I said uh, at the very end of our um, right at practice report today, I gave uh, three winners and two losers. Do you want to guess who, who they were, or would you like to assign your own winners and losers from the day? No, I would like to guess yours. Okay. So three winners and two losers. Both sides of the ball or just defense? Uh, both sides of the ball. Both sides of the ball. Okay, I would say that you made Dillard a loser. I didn't make Dillard a loser. You did not. I did not make Dillard a loser. I okay. could have. Okay. Uh, but, you know, I don't like to call people losers like you. <laughs> did you make Davion Taylor a loser? <laughs> I did, yes. Okay. Uh, you made Davion a loser. Um, I said stock uh, down, actually, I think, not, uh, okay, not loser. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, when you introduced this game to me, <laughs> no. and then when I answered exactly yeah. as, as you put it out. I called him a nerd so stock instead. stock up, stock down. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah so it's, it, it's I, I mean, I, I don't mean to pick apart this this this, this conversation, but like. Uh, it's guys we've talked about. No, I, I always take um, umbrage to the idea of like stock up stock down after after one practice and that's the exact thing we're discussing well no i think it's fair after one practice because it's it's i'm talking about like relative relative to expectations as like where they are on the depth chart not like sure you know uh made a made a one good play yes okay and and the reason i say that is and you know this story well there was there was one year when someone came in for a day and moma Mm. Uh, had a great practice, yeah. And and it was like, it was like, why aren't the local writers talking yeah. about this? This guy's <laughs> the number two receiver, <laughs> and, uh, and and so that's where the the entirety of of, of what mm. you see uh, matters more. But no, Fiani Moma right. tonight is the night <laughs> that you're looking at this relative to the expectations. And let's go with uh, Nate Sudfeld. Was his stock down? Uh, no, I didn't go. I didn't go stock down on Sudi. Okay. Uh, so then I would say Jalen Rager's a stock up. Stock up. Okay. Stock up on your Jalen Rager's, everybody. Ooh. I'm actually trying to remember who my other stock. Oh no, I remember <laughs> who my other stock down was. Okay. Your other stock down. Um, was it Hightower? It was not Hightower. Okay. But I considered it because he made that nice play. Yes. But the other person involved in that play is Stockdown. Was it Rasul? Yeah. Was it Stockdown? I mean, Rasul Douglas, I'm like I like the guy. But if he's he's getting dusted by John Hightower, there's that video that was on the internet from a practice the other day of him just getting dusted by Quez Watkins. Um I just I think I think it's possible that Rasul's time is is just up with the Eagles. I don't think they're cutting him. But I can see a trade. I don't think they're cutting him either, but I think it's possible. 
I just think you like if you're if you if if you know he's a competent starting like he's, he's not a competent he, well, starter. <laughs> he's played for you before. He's, yeah, he, but you know, so he's made so plays has, in spots before. Uh, Craig James. <laughs> true, true. So uh, is Ronald Darby. Like, I think yeah, like Craig true. James is a better special teams player than Rasul Douglas is. And if yes. you're if you're talking about keeping one of them as your fifth corner, I don't know. Maybe you keep the keep the special teams guy. Well, maybe they they do that trade with the Lions. Yeah, there you go. That that shield outline. Uh, so for respect for our our listeners here, uh, my other two stock ups were uh, were okay. Quez Watkins and uh, Sean Bradley. So we already talked about both those guys. And Quez, you're a little biased with Quez. Quez, I mean, I mean, Quez had a drop. I'm not in super biased. Yeah, but he also had a, a touchdown and was like yeah. like uh, several catches with Carson Wentz, like. Yeah, Carson Wentz is throwing is is willing to throw him the ball and he's making some nice catches in contested uh, territory. I didn't leave practice today thinking like, oh, they they really got to steal in Quez Watkins. No, I'm not Did saying you? that either. But stock okay. up because he's he's he seems to be uh, more on the coaching staff's radar than John Hightower. Interesting. Uh, all right. Okay. Well, we don't need to go super long. Uh, on this episode, yeah, we're not gonna have the High Tower Watkins debate on day one. Yeah, we're 56 minutes in, and we've got uh, four more of these bad boys to go. Why don't you uh, set the scene for for what like the practice schedule is for the rest of the week, which is also our our Birds with Friends schedule. Yes, yeah, so uh, practices Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, uh, and Friday this week, and off day Saturday. Then they're they're back for four or five days. Uh, so Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. One of these days here before the off day, they will have ostensibly live hitting, or presumably I should say, live hitting. Um, and they're going to have two of those sessions. My guess is one this week and one next week. My other guess is that they'll probably have it before the off day. So if I had to forecast it, I would say Friday this week, Thursday next week. Again, could be wrong. I don't have Doug's schedule in front of me. If you're uh, wrong, then we'll make you run laps. <laughs> like like Joe Judge. Uh, so we will have podcasts, I I assume, each 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 day. Are we going to do one Friday as well? I think so, but you know, we'll, okay. we'll see how we're feeling. We could be run we'll down. See how we're feeling. Um, see and then tomorrow. Joe Judge does something really stupid that we need to talk about. I hope I'm not speaking out of turn here. But tomorrow we'll be joined by Shio Kapadia, mm. both at practice and on Birds with Friends. The best and, writer in America. And there is a, uh, a good chance that the podcast will be on, on video. Yeah, I think we're going to do it. Yeah, let's do a little prime time YouTube session. And so, so credit to, 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 to Marissa, our great producer, who organizes that. And... I don't want to put Marissa on the spot, but is is that okay with you, Marissa? Of course it is. Wow. <laughs> Great. Can't wait. <laughs> Calling for reinforcements. I like that. Well, Great. I look forward to that. Uh, all right. Well, that will uh, that will do it for this episode of Birds with Friends. Craning camp is underway. Day one of ten for us. We'll be back tomorrow night uh, live on YouTube with Dr. Kapadia. I shouldn't have said his name because we don't say names of hosts on this show. They haven't earned it. And that'll do it for this episode. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow. And as always, for all of our faceless men and women, we love you.